0: How you doing?
1: I mean, I feel like we just won an award because <laughs> did you see that Faith? <laughs> did you see that Faith Golden Dawn? Like, <laughs> I don't know why she follows me, but every once in a while she sends me something. I think she wants me to bite or something like that. And I will never do that with her. I always like screen cap it and so that it, it doesn't like trend back to her. Um, right. Right. And uh, she, she was like, "Oh my God, your stats are up because of the faith effect." I, I talked about how cancerous you guys are on my my YouTube channel, haha, <laughs> because you guys are are, what talking about me all the time, which is like, we're not, <laughs> 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 and it was uh. really bizarre. Because she didn't actually reference us, our podcast. I don't think, anyway. I don't listen to her drivel. I just heard from somebody else that she didn't. And so, anyway, that was great. Um, I love that Faith Goldie hates us, and that's, you know, my moral compass. How you doing?
0: I mean, I was loving it, because I when I saw that, I went and checked it out, too. And she f- literally said that listening uh to um a recent episode that i was on with canaland um gave her which was a great
1: episode by (laughs) the way (laughs) thanks but it's like (laughs) really
0: that's what gives you cancer like holy fuck we've been really we've been slacking (laughs) (laughs) it's it is wild it's not worth checking out but i know canada land has cut it and like has made it into a, a an eighteen second gif that you can watch. So
1: they did. It's kind of it's kind of funny. It's kind of cute. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. I mean, I guess what can we what can we learn from this? So first of all, if you're listening to this episode because you found out about our our podcast just because of Canada Land, welcome, welcome. We are like Canada Land, but I would say like better. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, what are we going to talk about today?
0: Well, what are we going to I mean, talk there's about? just
1: so much happening right now yep. on a federal level that I feel like we have to address some of what's going on with the SNC-Lavalin stuff, which I know you are all probably well, like, uh... could there possibly be any more discussion yep. about this? We yeah. say yay, but not super super long. We're not going to devote the entire episode to it. We're also going to devote some time to what's happening federally, with the yeah. conservatives.
0: Yeah, and and I think like there's there's the the technical side about SNC Lavalin that's interesting for some kind of people. Like you know you can actually drill into what are the charges, what is the kind of interference that's being alleged or or whatever. Um, there's also been more interesting stuff to come out about uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould and and how she was like butting heads or up against resistance from members of the federal cabinet like Carolyn Bennett, who's like BFFs with Aboriginal people, right? <laughs> it's like
1: oh my God. exactly.
0: So I think that you know SNC Lavalin is is interesting because. It it's a major company. They get billions of dollars in contracts from the federal government. And they also they're, they're just very involved with with infrastructure building across Canada. Right. Like they're they own 17 uh, percent of the 407 in, in uh, southern Ontario. They're involved with building the stadium in Calgary. Uh, they've been certainly involved with bridge building and stuff in, Tur- in uh, Montreal. So this is a massive company with uh, with uh, potentially a lot of corruption in its uh, in its closets. But what I find more fascinating is how surprised everyone seems to be that the liberals are corrupt motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I don't I, I like I was not surprised by that, but I was um, surprised by the type of uh, media that was happening out of it. I was, I guess I was I was I was just like wow the saturation is. Um, is good, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's bizarre that it's like just this one issue because there's all sorts of issues <laughs> in terms of like uh, scandal that could that could have gotten the same sort of attention over the years. But I don't remember anything quite having this level of of attention. But I think that that part of that is because of the way that uh, Justin Trudeau in particular likes to express himself or has created this aura around himself as like this feminist prime minister, as a prime minister who is unlike uh, previous administrations of the Canadian government, particularly interested in reconciliation and indigenous dignity and rights and so on. And how that, the potential of that creation story of <laughs> Justin Trudeau and who he is, has just kind of uh, fallen apart under this very strange affair. And what's strange about it for me is not that the fact that there's a scandal, but, uh, but how terribly yeah. the Liberal Party dealt with it. It's like, what's going on inside the Liberal Party that, this was dealt with so badly i i don't understand but um yeah i think that that's perhaps why people were so um i don't know actually i'm just i'm just uh you know maybe that's why there was so much saturation is because people were con- confused about the way justin trudeau talks about himself versus what was actually happening but i'm not sure but then also the the trolls on the right made it um you know made it a certain type of viral on their, on their own end, which forced the media to respond to it in a particular way too. So, we can never discount that stuff.
0: No, for sure. I I think that what you're saying was is, is probably the reason why this has such public salience because, you know, as as we just said, and as I think many people are aware, like the 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 corruption that that is a, across the construction industry is broadly known, right? Like Quebec set up its own commission to study corruption in construction. And a lot of the companies that operate here and that got named or dinged or whatever during the Charbonneau Commission, they operate everywhere else in Canada as well. And so it's not as if Quebec is different. It's just that actually here, the government really did try to address corruption in a way that you you haven't seen in any other province or the federal government. But what I think is 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 what very interesting, which is what you've just mentioned or just referenced, which is like the cleavage between someone like Jodie Wilson Raybould, who is like, you know, a lawyer and is talented and seems to have principles. Well, seemed to have principles, and then now we're in this situation where her principles are on full display, even if she still can't say very much about what's happened. Like this is this is a woman of integrity, and this is a woman who I think that people who vote for the Liberal Party because they want the Liberal Party to be, you know, the rational, centrist, not too far left, right? Not too far left, but full of strong and powerful people, but especially women, especially people who aren't white. This is the Liberal Party that people want to support. And Justin Trudeau did very well to make this party into into that, that kind of idea of what it is. And so now, now we see a principled stance from an, a, a highly impressive politician on every measure, and in, in terms of who she is and what she's done, and 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 what apparently she perhaps has resigned over, and uh, and Trudeau like just closing closing ranks, right? Like making being like, oh no no, like we're not actually guys, we, we fooled you, we're, we're as corrupt as everyone else. And like, of course they are, you know, like most of the, like SNC level and this stuff goes back years and years and years. So obviously there's a machine of government that's always unrolling all the time. And, and, and the, the, the political football between the liberals and the conservatives in the most traditional sense, which is this um, corrupt uh, backdoor kind of deals, giving to their friends and making the rich richer while everyone else langu- languishes, that's politics as usual in Canada. <laughs> right, and so all we're getting is like, you know, it's like cloudy skies, cloudy skies, cloudy skies, and then like there's just a a beam of sun, and there is Jodie Wilson Raybould who's like, actually, I I wasn't down with that,
1: mm-hmm. from what we know, right? Yeah, from what, we, and you know, hopefully we'll find out more, but I, you know, don't hold your breath or anything like that. These things tend, <laughs> tend to have some sort of diplomatic wrap up in in, in the back end, but I just thought. Like, you know, I it's very interesting that this all happens to Jody Wilson Raybo because who knows like if it was another person, uh, would they have been who who had, who had demanded uh, a different course of action? Would they have been demoted like she was? I don't know. Or would they have been forced into some sort of negotiation if it, if this was like, um, you know, a white man politician asking for uh, asking to be the voice of reason? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. Or would
0: he have just been or would he have just gone along with it, actually?
1: Or would have you just gone along with it? Sure. Like I think we can, we can, <laughs> you know, given that no one else has dropped out of the cabinet, <laughs> you know, we can imagine <laughs> that probably there's a whole slew of uh, people who are just fine to go along with con- uh, corruption, if you know that's actually what's happening here, which we're all pretty sure it is. Um, but uh, you know, I I wonder how much of this is like we can control her because what she is is someone. Um, that we were hoping to use as a token, quite frankly, but who has proven that she's quite, <laughs> she is absolutely not that. And I think nothing more clearly spells that out than the weird press conference that happened the day before she quit the cabinet, where Justin Trudeau put like all of his eggs in one basket to say, "Look, guys, there is no, there's nothing wrong here," and uh, Jody wilson raybos um uh presence in the cabinet Her <laughs> is, is all the proof of that which it's like why would you say something like that if you haven't if you haven't discussed it beforehand which i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe they did but it seems highly unlikely given that the first public move that she made after he, he made that speech was to freaking leave the cabinet like oh dear like what a fucking <laughs>
0: I mean, you know what you're making me think of is um, an interview on The Current this past week with um, three people. There was a conservative, a pollster, and a liberal, which is the Current's conception of the political spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the liberal was Omar Khan, who you know or perhaps... I sure do. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, like, you know, Omar, hey, if you listen to the show, I'm sure you don't, but you should... Um, he was saying <laughs> that, um, that, you know, that, that, that perhaps one of the, the ways that this has been a fuck up, although of course he didn't say fuck up was, uh, in poor issues management. <laughs> I just fucking love that because it's like, wow. yeah, think, yeah, they, they managed this issue poorly. That is, that is objectively true.
1: <laughs> no doubt.
0: And says nothing about what actually is happening here, which is, um, which is again, uh, like all of these, these uh, ties that bind the canadian federation together which is like browbeating uh critics into submission and tokenizing people who aren't white and um yeah. and being progressive uh in in public and at the same time fucking people behind closed doors it's like this this is canada like this is so canada that i think probably is why so much ink is being spilled about this because yeah you know, even people who would disagree with us as being, you know, maybe being on the on the right or whatever, but in the national kind of commentary, there, you just know that this is more Canadian than fucking hockey. <laughs>
1: yeah 100% it's like you know here you know Justin Trudeau here's my cabinet look oh half women and oh my goodness look look we have you know historic uh history happening here with an indigenous MP who's going to serve as our attorney general and oh wait oh wait you disagree with me oh okay actually (laughs) can you just get out of the way please I'm going to get my roster of white men to stand behind me as I throw you under the bus while standing in front of an actual bus. That's what's going to happen next.
0: (laughs) It's just like that was a great press conference.
1: (laughs) It was The oddest choices have been made. You know, you know how um, we used to give those uh, media workshops back when we were doing student organizing. Yeah, I'm doing
0: one actually. I'm doing one actually this week in Regina.
1: Ooh, Regina. Y'all are so lucky. Some of the best media <laughs> workshops ever from Nora Loretto, um, and <laughs> remember how we used to teach people about feeding the beast and starving the beast. Yeah, remember all that and how oh, sometimes yeah. there's a story that has a lot of legs and you're you, you know you're just trying to cut the legs off, <laughs> make the legs <laughs> disappear. I feel like every step of the way the liberals were like you know feeding the beast. Like let me oh, give yeah. you more. Let me and here's another twist. That you can use to continue this story forever and ever, and it was just it was just so bizarre, um, but yeah, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. It's like this affair is a full on picture of what is behind the curtain that makes Canada tick,
0: <laughs> tick irregularly and slowly.
1: <laughs> Irregular. It's a really shitty clock, and. Uh, it probably needs some gears to be switched out, and has for a really long ass time. But y'all got to see the ugliness of it in the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when Anthony Housefather, an MP from Montreal, was like, "Oh no, Jody Wilson- Wilson-Raeble was shuffled out because she didn't speak any French," I was just like, "Oh yeah, just pour that maple syrup all over this fucking story, Housefather!" Yes. <laughs>
1: because she doesn't speak french oh they just remembered like, that dude what <laughs> he's like guys guys i have a great idea how to make this all go away really <laughs> that's what you're gonna point to that's feeding the beast oh my god what that is that's giving the beast more legs to like
0: literally run faster yeah. and then of course then i don't know if you saw it, Catherine mckenna i guess someone was saying this, uh, there was a news source saying that there was secret meetings being held at her house with cabinet ministers which i mean like fuck obviously there would be right like obviously i'd be if i was a journalist in ottawa i'd be stationed outside of her house and just watching yeah and uh and she was like i live in ottawa and i have young children and so i have meetings at my house all the time and it was like oh yes it's a feminist act (laughs) to have these
1: secret (laughs) meetings I love it. Oh, my God. Such a uh, whatever. The, the one other thing that I do want to say is that um, there were a bunch of uh, political cartoons that came out over this that were really disgusting, which was also a picture into Canada. Uh, I just yeah. I don't understand how anyone thought it was yep. OK to depict um, Jodie Wilson-Raybould and so many Different, really offensive ways, um, and I just, I just want to say that that was really disgusting and mm-hmm. uh, not surprising though, but just really disgusting. And I don't, um, I don't really know what else to say about that besides, like, again, another, another reveal of what Canada truly is because it's, it's not like it was an isolated one cartoonist that did this one. Um, terrible cartoon it was like a whole slew of them (laughs) that were really disgusting and offensive and the same actually and And this is the weirdest
0: thing that I found yeah so there was there were three cartoons uh Donato Deader and uh and a third I don't know if it's even more important to mention anymore because at this point Deader's didn't apologize but he said he would never draw women again in a violent position which is like cool you know Mm mm-hmm okay that's nice but it's it is it is interesting that that uh, that these men instantly reach to that because like i look at the situation and i i don't see a woman who's been gagged right no. like i don't see someone who's who's like because the argument is well solicitor client privileges is, is preventing her from being able to speak i see like like a liberal house of cards on fire and her outside of the fire right
1: like, yeah she's controlling the situation it's not justin trudeau beating her up she she has taken control of a situation and has made justin trudeau look like a fool actually totally, so any totally. sort of conception that it's justin trudeau like um with with like uh, boxing gloves on uh, beating people up like that's not what's happening she has taken the reins and is saying I'm going to do this my way, motherfucker. Like, that's, <laughs> that was the story yeah. that happened last week. So I, it was just so bizarre to see, to see these really weird cartoons that seemed to have nothing to do with what was actually happening or have such a strange conception of how to present what was happening. Totally. Yeah. Um, so last week,
0: uh, there was a, a testimony. Sandy, I don't know if you saw it, but it was from a guy called Michael Wernick, who's the top bureaucrat in canada Mm -hmm. and i think that this is a good way to pivot to talking about the conservatives for the rest of the show or how the liberal conservative dance is going to continue Mm -hmm. um from now until to the election so michael warnick he was testifying about what he knows about you know whatever to uh i think the justice committee or something and he started his uh, speech by kind of sounding the alarm bell on what he sees as rising far-right populist sentiment. And he's very worried for the future of Canada. I thought it was fascinating because it, it matched exactly what liberal partisans have been saying ad nauseum online. Ad nauseum. Because, it, because so we had the United We Roll mm-hmm. trucking convoy, which mm-hmm. almost turned into... Occupy, <laughs> because they got cheated out on gas and couldn't get fucking home from their lead lead guy <laughs> wait what okay That's <laughs> that happened okay yeah no so there was no way to get them home like they didn't have money for gas and so anyway so the, a lot of the convoys stayed in ottawa for a second day and so it was like whoa it turned into occupy so
1: fast <laughs> <laughs> a really small occupy
0: a really small occupy it would be like mm-hmm. yeah probably like the occupy in i don't even know Niagara Falls i'm sure that there is a little one there and um so so yeah so so he Warnick in in his in his remarks starts with this completely bizarre aside to put his words into context which were then that he thought that the prime minister's office did nothing wrong and that he knew that there were meetings and then the end And a lot of people took issue with how seemingly partisan that was. And I think that, you know, if you took it out of the context of that being the line of part, like the partisan line from liberal operatives, then maybe it's not, maybe it's not partisan. Maybe he's just afraid for his future or the future of Canada or something. I don't know. But wow. Like, are we going to have to deal with this? You have to vote the liberals because the conservatives are the worst in the world. Like until the election. Is this literally what is our future for the next five or seven months or whatever?
1: Oh, my God, Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> I really, really hope not. You know, I was just, um, I was talking at the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario uh, Women's Conference on Friday, and I was speaking about, like, where we were at as uh, women who are workers before a federal election and before they, they go into their own bargaining with the Doug Ford government in September. And... Uh, What I uh, tried to impress upon them was that it can't be, you know, like we're going to support anything bad that the (laughs) the liberal government does in order to um, avoid sheer. It's got to be that we take whatever issues that we have and uh, force anyone who wants to get elected uh, to to take on our issues in the way that they need to be taken on. So that means uh, critique everyone and demand something from everyone and never be complacent, especially from from people who like 100% do not deserve it. The liberals have been really shitty on a lot of our issues and we need to to be aware of that and to, to fight against it. Um, and with respect to the conservatives, that's that strategy uh, continues to assist us with them because if we say to the conservatives hey we need to I don't know um, think about uh, more progressive immigration laws and for example how about we not break international law by incarcerating people who cross the border um, seeking asylum the conservatives are going to say fuck you and never listen to us anyway. But And then the important thing is not to say, okay, so we support everything that the liberals are saying on this. It's to to force them to come out with good policy in the same way that we would do with the NDP. And that's never going to happen because the conservatives, I mean, what's never going to happen is that the conservatives will be forced to do the same thing because they're right now banking on the worst elements of the Canadian society in order to get elected, as seen Mm -hmm. In last week's Yellow Vest movement, the strongest movement in Canada, so, (laughs) so, so strong. Every news uh, outlet must talk about it. Ignore the, the scary things about them and just talk about what a strong movement this is. What a grassroots, incredible, incredible movement. You know what
0: was really weird to me? Like, this is a little bit of an aside, but like... I can't believe how no one really called um out the hypocrisy between uh this trucking convoy trying to save the future of their province which they think is pipelines when the trucking industry is arguably like going to be the one that takes a shit first. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like you you guys know that you're literally the first on the chopping block when it comes to automation and
1: moving stuff. <laughs> well, that's part of the problem with the alt-right and uh, them getting so much traction. And let me just be clear that I was joking. They didn't have that much traction with the Convoy. They're a very small movement. (laughs) But the problem (laughs) is that there's a really intense lack of political education and people not understanding what's truly at stake and what's happening. And so it's uh, really frustrating to see people um, act against their own interests. Until you realize that they're racist assholes and probably deserve whatever's coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I,
0: I Yeah, I have... Uh, it's it's kind of interesting to watch the, the, the rhetoric a little bit come from the United States where it was like, oh, it's just poor white people that voted for Trump. Like, you know, there's some class bias or some classist uh, approaches that you see from people on the left towards Trump supporters. And it's like, let's fucking recall that... Just like in the United States, these are mostly people who are not truckers, actually like the Toronto Star sat with someone who was being paid to do it, mm-hmm. right Like that was his 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 haul that week, right? So anyway, that's that's a whole other issue. but I, I wonder, you know, we started off uh, with with Faith Goldie saying that she got cancer from listening to us. But I wonder if there is an impact that partisanship has on our collective, ability to think through this stuff and how like it's kind of put a brain mold or some sort of disruption in all of our brains that makes it very difficult to feel confident in one another if we are actually fighting alongside one another to change party uh, party policy rather than be so wrapped up in partisanship to think oh my god like the NDP is not a player right now the conservatives are going to win and therefore we need to vote liberal I mean, is there any message that is more disengaging than that?
1: <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I know. There really isn't.
0: Imagine that in the terms of like a, a birthday present, right? It was like, oh, yeah, we were going to get you what you wanted. We were going to get you a new bike. Uh, didn't have the money for a new bike. Didn't have the time to go out. So I just like gave you last night's dinner. And you're like, that's shitty because I'm allergic to last night's dinner.
1: But you're also like, at least it was better than that rat over there in the corner. <laughs> so I, I, g- I guess I'll be okay. Rat. I guess I'll be okay with last <laughs> night's uh, dinner that's uh, that makes me have toxic shock syndrome. <laughs> I, I don't I think you have to insert that to get toxic shock syndrome. Oh oops. I didn't mean to say toxic shock syndrome. What did I mean? What was it? <laughs> 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 uh, oh, that's awesome. That would be bad. No one wants
0: that. No one wants
1: to do that with their food. A tragic allergic reaction.
0: This would be my plea to people who listen to the podcast or who consume news. It's like, don't let anybody scare you into thinking that being nonpartisan and just like sticking to the issues that you care about is being a waste of your time. Because like, fuck, at at this point, everybody is going to disappoint you. Everyone you elect is going to disappoint you. (laughs)
1: Or don't let people um, make you think that you're betraying someone either. Like, the only thing to betray here is the issues, like, which are all so important, and many of which are life and death issues at this point. And, um, you know, like, betraying your issues to support uh, a party, um, you know, without without, uh, critical thinking being a part of your your support for that party doesn't make any sense. Like, the, the, the issues are the things that we should not betray. And we should, if we are uh, tied to a particular party, we should try to make it better by uh, forcing those issues to be dealt with in a principled manner. Oh, man. But can we talk about how um, the media is so shitty, I mean, as we often do on this podcast, with respect to... Um, you know, just letting Andrew Shear off the hook, like yeah. as much as as much as the SNC Lavalin thing was like such a, um, a such a disgrace and such an embarrassment for Justin Trudeau, should it not have been a disgrace and an embarrassment for Andrew Shear to be literally following a white supremacist uh, on a stage talking to people in this convoy, the the Yellow Jackets movement of Canada. <laughs> He yellow shared jackets. this stage yellow jackets. Huh? He shared this stage with Faith Goldie. And it didn't get half the news that the SNC-Lavalin affair got and I don't understand that. I don't I don't get it. Um hello, like this is a this is a pretty big fucking deal. Uh that would be seen as okay. Maxime Bernier was also there i i just i don't know why that's not that's not getting news or why the news doesn't think that that's something important to tell the rest of the country
0: or how did that guy feel so comfortable as to be in that in that space and that also is thanks to the press Mm -hmm. right like like it's it's kind of like it's feeding it and 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 also shooting it out at the same time it's like the the press sanitized their demands the press did not focus on the anti-immigrant uh, quote unquote globalist bullshit of the convoy, which was, you know, one of the demands or two of the demands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead focus on pipelines as if it's like, okay, first of all, can you imagine having a fucking protest for more roads or something like this? Like, like infrastructure pro- protests. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like this is pathetic. And, and, and journalists are not doing their job to be like, whoa 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 what like they're they're protesting protecting the fucking bird inlet in in vancouver that's what they're protesting Mm
1: -hmm. they didn't even
0: put it in like that or or you know whenever they were being challenged the the leadership of the of the convoy were being challenged no one said straight up like so do you deny climate change you just not give a rat's ass about climate change like where are you on the issues that are literally driving the anti-pipeline movement like this is not a fucking oh, uh, I love pipelines. Oh, I hate pipelines. It's like, no, it's like either you hate pipelines because you're fucking afraid that we are all going to die very fucking soon and that the destruction and the displacement and the and the pollution is not worth it, or your head is up your fucking ass. You've already had too much carbon dioxide inhalation from your own colon to really fucking be able to articulate that you're just shilling for corporations to get to get richer. While at the same time, no working person is going to be benefiting in a long-term way from construction projects. We know that. Those are short-term jobs. And nobody's going to be benefiting from long-term ma- mass exploitation projects again. Like, we're just in a new fucking world. Okay, fine. So the press didn't deal with any of that. They were like, oh, okay, these guys are pro-pipeline. And so Andrew Shears like, well, fuck, it's a pro-pipeline po- party um, uh, rally. We've got uh, Doug Ford being all like, yeah, United we me roll Yeah, I'm a premier got fucking jason Kenny uh being like oh united we roll it's my, my they're called the united so i'm united too so I, you know support me and <laughs> that and that's that lays the groundwork for them to feel completely confident to show up and be like yeah we support this convoy and then it's like okay so you got white nationalist maxime bernier there and you've got an actual fucking faith golden Dawn, and it's like yep yeah, all right business as usual
1: (laughs) yeah because you're you're right like the the media not doing its job to say uh hey y'all like can we talk about how your movement is totally racist um allows Andrew Shearer to then show up and it not be a problem because it was never constructed as a racist movement in the first place um the 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 media not doing its job to say hey so is this really about uh, protection, protecting jobs or is it about protecting industry? Is it about protecting um, your longevity uh, and your job security? or is it about protecting the bottom line of these companies? and, and framing it in that way as you um, as you discussed, like allows for uh, the, the really weak engagement from the media later on, Uh, when Andrew Scheer and Doug Ford and others talk with the convoy. And that's pretty dangerous. It's a a dangerous situation going into a federal election where we know that, um, you know, the the folks from Ontario Proud, uh, folks from industry uh, who stand to make a lot of money from a conservative win, uh, folks from... Uh, This Yellow Jackets, right-wing, alt-right movement are going to try to coalesce to bring Andrew Scheer the win, and uh, the the Liberals' team seems to be not doing so hot, and the NDP also seems to be not doing so hot, though we'll know a little bit more about that next week. Um, And it's just, like, a really, really bad situation, and we can't have the media fucking up like this. It's like, that interview... For those of you who listen to the radio, listen to CBC Radio in the morning like I do, uh, the interview on The Current was such an opportunity to expose a bunch of this shit. And it was so, it was so unbelievably weak. The 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 weakest question like I have been grilled on on movements that I've been a part of on the radio before as like a kid. OK, like when I was like 19, 20 and didn't know that much and got more hardball questions than some of these folks who are talking about really sophisticated economic policy. So have I, <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> you know I by mean? Anna Maria Tremonti, like when I was by sort of Anna Maria
1: Tremonti, <laughs> so de- defending like defending students are for cheating and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I was really disappointed by um, some of the engagement from the CBC in particular. You know, I was, I was watching the national, there was a, there was a lot of uh, discussion on Twitter about this uh, national segment that aired that didn't have any discussion about this movement being, uh, one that was really uh, racist uh, and anti-Semitic uh, in in the, the things that it was raising alongside its issues with the, the pipeline industry. And I was watching The National that day because I was just so interested in, I don't usually watch The National, but I was just so interested in how the liberals were uh, continuing to shit the bed on the SNC-Lavalin thing. So I was watching the National all week that week. And I was just like, wow, they didn't mention, they really, really didn't mention anything at critical at all with respect to this trucking convoy. They made it seem like this massive grassroots movement where people were just concerned about their jobs, and that's it. And uh, they that's the other thing, is that they made it seem really massive. Yep. Yeah, really really massive and when you take a look at the photos I was like no you've you've got to be fucking kidding me oh yeah I mean there were what as many cops there (laughs) yeah who were also
0: wearing yellow jackets so it's like oh
1: yeah I I have seen you know like students have come out in far greater numbers in the last couple of years and have only gotten a blip in the media do you know what I mean like when black folks are organizing across the country, we're, like, pulling teeth to get the to, to get the media to pay attention. We got to, like, sleep outside for days to, like, get them to pay attention to hundreds of people who've been going to rallies for weeks. And, and these guys are, like, 100 people in vehicles. <laughs> like, if 100. I think it was more like 50 is what I'm hearing. 50 people in vehicles and the whole country is like, oh, my God, massive movement. I'm like, guys, what? How's oh, hell? yeah. Yeah. Well, at the oh, same week. Jesus
0: the same weekend in Quebec, there's tens of thousands of students who are going on strike over unpaid internships. Like, that's not fucking news that's anywhere outside nope. of Quebec. No. Nope. You know, there was a massive rally in Montreal yesterday opposing our province's immigration policies or plans. Again, like, tens of... Th- <laughs> <laughs> the, the One thing that I find very fascinating, and then this goes back to maybe how SNC-Lavalin is, is quintessentially Canadian, and so is the Yellow Vest movement. Um, Sar- Sarbjeet Kaur on twitter she's a public commentator Mm -hmm. she was she was like where are all of the non-white truck drivers like (laughs) this is an industry that is actually really really diverse Mm -hmm. uh, in not in terms Mm -hmm. of gender but in terms of race and so why are these guys all fucking white (coughs) and so the intersection as well between like who is a legitimate canadian with a legitimate grievance and who gets Mm -hmm. taken seriously And who gets the benefit of the doubt and who's questioned and who isn't questioned? Like, at what point, why wouldn't any journalist be like, hey, I know a little bit about the trucking industry. I know it's really diverse. Why are you guys all white? Yeah. Like... (laughs) just ask that question
1: but like that it's just so bizarre that like it continues to be okay in in Canadian media to just like completely ignore the existence of people who are not white and this is just going off topic a little bit but I was just and again another CBC interview that happened this week was uh one on uh, the proposed the proposed the changes to um, uh, police accountability legislation in Ontario which I don't know if y'all heard, but a lot of black people did a lot of work to change the rules around uh, police accountability. And uh, what the Doug Ford government has like released is what they say is like a complete rollback where they're like, we trust the police, blah, 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 which isn't exactly what has actually rolled out. Um, that A lot of what they're saying is is more talk than actual substance in the, in the policy. But that's a whole other thing that maybe we'll discuss another time. Uh, but the... Uh, Ontario Today had, like, this this segment on CBC where they wanted to, like, discuss the the rollbacks. Like, what is the Doug Ford government's take on police accountability? And it was really bizarre because they decided, like, let's just have a panel of three white folks sit and talk about this and have zero racial analysis or analysis from, like, specifically um, gathered from a community that was, like, so uh, affected by this that they organized so intensely to get this massively changed. No, like, complete erasure <laughs> in the discussion. It was so bizarre. And I was like, who, like, what, how do people just think that this is okay? Like, I just, I don't understand the, uh, the way that whiteness works to, like, make that type of thing acceptable or like not even visible to certain people. I mean, I do understand it because I study it, but I'm just saying that I don't because it's a way to express my frustration. Yeah, Sarbjit Kaur, totally right. like Like how is that something that you miss? How is that something that you miss? That you're only talking to white folks. Oh, I know because your newsrooms are all white too. And so it's not something that you pay attention to
0: exactly they they're like they're holding up a, what they think is a mirror of the canadian population and so it's like whiteness it reflects against whiteness and this is like the downward spiral of a fucking snowstorm and then all of a sudden you've like buried under a mirror of snow right it's like the cbc is fucked it's going to be slashed like mm. why not take mm-hmm. your final dying gasps and actually hold a proper mirror up to this country and ask difficult questions and say look you know there is a lot of great about canada and there's a lot of shit about canada and here we are actually going to reflect the a- average existence but no instead it's like whoa we're just gonna reflect white canada as if it as if white canada is the norm in this place and so that has two impacts that not only marginalizes people who are not white canada but it also fuels the fuck out of of ethnic anxiety among white people who are like, oh my god, my white country is not white anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fucking wake the fuck up! Like, what are you talking about? Like, Canada's never been white, right? Like, even people who are white now were considered not white back then, and there were always people who were not white in this country. And mm-hmm. but when you've got like the national public broadcaster and other journal- uh, media outlets constantly like feeding this idea of of a white Canada. Like, it, you're so involved in the rise of the far right that you don't even know how involved you are. hmm It's like, like, I want to just, like,
1: punch myself in the face. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it is so, so frustrating. <laughs> so that's, I mean, this is kind of like, this episode has, like, kind of been, like, a windy roundup to, like, how we're feeling about um, the current state of federal affairs in the liberal and conservative parties, and it's not fair to just leave it at that. We will be doing a wind up or whatever, whatever. We will also be taking a look at uh, the NDP come next week because we didn't want to do that before the very important election that is happening in Burnaby South tomorrow. Monday, in case you're listening to this uh, in August 2019. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. So also, we don't release on Monday or Sundays. So the very important election that's happening yesterday.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to go on and say it. The very important election where Jagmeet Singh was elected.
1: <laughs> yes Obviously. so we'll we will be talking about the NDP next week
0: yeah and and I think like one of the things that I, I really want people to reflect on is this idea of non-partisanship and nonpartisan movement building because I mean I think it's really obvious Sandy to you and I about how important it is but I kind of can appreciate that you know you look at the ballot and you're like every four years I have to make a decision and literally it's a decision to get toxic shock syndrome eat a rat or eat leftovers and it's all bad <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh
1: toxic yeah <toxic.
0: laughs> <laughs> i love it that's just like your 13 year old brain getting right back into
1: <laughs> i know right <laughs> um
0: and and like and this is where this is where you 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 really should look at how how movements have forced action or have or or how movements when they are broken Allows for inaction or allows for bad public policy to happen. And there's more than there's 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 ample examples of this. Like you can look at the movement for electoral reform, which got Trudeau elected. But the movement focused Mm -hmm. on getting someone elected who promised to do something and our movements can't do that. Because obviously, mm-hmm. you're always going to be disappointed because these people are going to fucking let you down. But what happens when mm-hmm. a movement is actually able to say, yeah, sure, we want them elected. Obviously, that's going to make this much easier. But at the end of the day, you need people to be the ones to force action from government. And that's the only way that the liberals will be any good. That's the only way the NDP will be any good. And it's the only way that we'll actually be able to stop or, or mitigate or protect uh, people from the ravages of the Conservative Party. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Super obvious. (laughs) Organize, organize, organize. (laughs) Organize. The final message of every podcast episode.